He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Kobe Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. Hope everyone enjoyed our Masters recap yesterday. I got some great feedback on that show. If you haven't listened to it, highly recommend it. Had a lot of fun yesterday talking about Hideki's win and everything that took place at Augusta National over the weekend. We're going to talk a little bit more Augusta National in this show as well as give you our full preview for the RBC Heritage at Harbortown. Get into some college golf as well. The Western Intercollegiate is taking place. I believe OU and OSU will be teeing it up here before too long. Uh, Austin Eckrow will be getting back on the course for the Cowboys. Of course, he was playing at the Valero when they teed it up at the Haskins event in Augusta. So, gentlemen, a lot more good golf on tap this week. Usually, to me, the RBC Heritage feels like a major, major letdown the week after the Masters. You just, you've got the Masters hangover, you've watched the best tournament on the best course in the world, and then you go to Harbortown, and usually it's kind of a letdown. But I'll tell you what, we got a pretty good field this year, and I think I'm looking more forward to this tournament than I typically am. Do y'all kind of feel the same way? Uh, maybe a little bit, but like I said earlier on the 73rd whole Twitter account, I said that the RBC uh, is like your meal after steak dinner. I mean, it's still good. I mean, it's food, but it's not the Masters. Right. It's not steak din. It's it's going from kind of a filet mignon, and I mean, you're not going like to ramen, but you're going from like a filet mignon to tacos yeah. or something and, like that. And it, it's kind of one of those courses that the shorter hitters normally play better and uh, kind of like a, I more, should like those courses. a more boring tournament to me. I should like those courses because I'm kind of a short knock. Taylor, what do you think about RBC sandwiched in the week after the Masters? I think this is, this is a good segue into a thing that we do every week. Let's do our weekly uh, guest strength of field because Ooh. you would think that the week after the Masters that you would have a slightly weak strength of field. The strength of field, <laughs> a lot higher than I thought it would be. Um, want to put in perspective everyone out there listening before y'all guess. Last week's Masters, 88-player field. Strength field was 809. So wow, it goes for to show, an 88 player field. Yeah. So this week we have 144 players. Anyone of y'all want to take a shot, shot in the dark at what it is this week? I think it'll be higher than maybe it would be without Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, spikes it quite a bit. I'll say uh, four. Uh, I'm between 420 and 469. 420 is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Two very great numbers there. Uh, all 420. Right. Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to go a little lower than that. I'm going to go 386. 481. Wow, Ooh, that's man. impressive. 481. We, we have a, I mean, surprisingly, and also too, guys, this is including the uh, DeChambeau withdrawal. Okay. Uh, yep. And um, and did y'all see that where they brought in literally the extra net in the cranes for Bryson over yes. the range? I, I know Sam. Sam, are you, you're not having any reactions. Did you see? Did you see what they did? No, I didn't see. So this. on the so for anyone out there who hadn't heard uh, on the range, and everyone knows this, most ranges they have a net at the back of it, right? You yeah. know, to make sure you don't hit over. They literally brought in two huge cranes and added a net that was like 40 yards higher, so Bryson wouldn't hit over. The, the range, and then he withdraws from the tournament. Well, I mean, he's probably exhausted from hitting all those shots at Augusta. That's what I, I mean. He shot twenty over, twenty five I mean, over. I mean, that's I, I mean, mean that's only, a lot of strokes. You only break seventy five once. You're, that's taking a toll on your body. Walking up and down that course, having to chase your ball out in the pine straw, don't catch your footing as well. Yeah. I mean, Bryson hit it a couple places last week that I did not know were actually on property at Augusta National. They, <laughs> it looked weird on TV. Yeah, no, no, and that that'll be a trend with him going forward at Augusta, which goes to your point of how can you pick him there. But you know, they're scrolling through here. Guys, I think I just counted. There's, I think, 16 players inside the top 30 in the official World Golf Rankings playing wow. this week. Um, Morikawa, Burger. 
More, There's a lot of good players. DJ Morikawa, Terrell Hatton, who's at eighth. Webb Simpson, Cantley, uh, Chief. Defending champion Webb Simpson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we forget about that, guys. This was what the second event. Yep, this back? was the second event right after Colonial, and Abe Answer almost had a chance to win, and then Webb got white hot on the back nine on Sunday with his putter. I mean. Putting into the ocean. Made made everything he looked at. And I remember last year, it was kind of the same situation where everyone's wanting to get back pretty, you know, as fast as they can. So, I mean, the field last year, I think, rating was even higher than this. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, it's like you said, I think that it kind of takes a little bit away from how – because I kind of like Harbor Town as a course. I think – for when it comes along to Pete, uh, Pete Dye designs, it's honestly one of my favorites to watch. Um, I do think it helps the uh, kind of like you said, Sam. It helps the short hitters um, a little bit more than the longer ones. So to to most people who anyone wants to dial the ball back, then this course should love everyone because it it, it lets everyone back into it. And uh, you know, let me go back onto here. I want to see what last year's strength of field was just for compare. So last year, guys, when everyone did play, it was a field a strength of field of seven twelve. Wow! Wow! So, Unbelievable! Ain't that crazy? I mean, it was right after COVID, so everybody. Was wanting to get on the course and get their feels, if you will. You got to get the feels. Feels and, are key. And here, here, here's just some comparison. Like the Sony Open this year was at a, a 341. Um, the Waste Management this year was a 463. So it's we had one a few weeks ago that was sub 200, didn't we? Yeah, no. Um, here, let me see here. Um, the, I, I, clicked, I, I clicked on one of the players who played in a lot of big events. So give me it, one. it wasn't the Valero, but several weeks back, I could have swore we had one that was sub 200. Honda, maybe. I think Honda was. Well, I know that we had um, the Pebble, Pebble Beach was like a 190 or something like that. It was just ridiculous. I think um, So I think Honda was above 200, and then Berger withdrew with the back injury or the rib injury or whatever it was, and then I think that the strength of field dipped under 200 for the Honda. Yeah, the strength of field, guys, at the AT&T Pebble Beach was 141. That's insane. So, one I mean, of the best golf courses in the world. So, I mean, ain't that yep. crazy how the week after the Masters, we get a strength of field of 480 in a, a tournament like the Pebble Beach Pro, which is, ironically, this year, most people are not playing in it. Um, well, or the amateurs, you know, a lot of people don't play in it because amateurs hold up play so much. And this year, that wasn't there, and it still had such a weak field. I, yeah. I don't know. I find that interesting. I would have expected that after the Masters, it would have led closer to that 140 range of people just not wanting to play. Well, see, to me, yeah, it you would think that, but then it actually does make sense. I mean, these guys gear up for the Masters, feel like they have their game ready, uh, you know, for a major. And then uh, the week after the major, it's a short little drive over to uh, – the or short flight, drive, whatever they want to do, over to uh, the RBC Heritage. And then they're going to – they have their game in shape how, and they're ready to go. Yeah, how far is Myrtle Beach from Augusta? Uh, it's not very, Hilton Head, it's not far. It's, not I'm, far. I'm assuming I mean, Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach are Augusta's basically in the same basically spot. in South Carolina. Almost. Yeah, Augusta's very close. It's it's up in northwest, uh, pardon me, northeast Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I also think that this tournament has the benefit of having RBC as the sponsor. So then guys like Dustin Johnson, who are sponsored by RBC – are contractually obligated to play in this event as part of their sponsorship with RBC. So I think that helps this tournament quite a bit as well. Are very you, good point. You, two, you two, hour, two hours, 36-minute drive. Very fun Two fact. and a half hour drive, and most, the, most of these guys probably just hop on a net jet or something and are there in half an hour. I would not yeah. have thought this. Hilton Hilton Head is south of Augusta. I would have thought it was north of Augusta. Really? That's weird. Yeah, that's very That fun. is yeah. weird. Geography is yeah. fascinating. It, it is very fascinating. But, yeah, I mean, you know, so for – we're talking about, like, Masters hangover and all that. I think that with – 
with just the fact of the fact that it is a 481 strength of field, I think helps the fact of because, like you said, after the steak dinner, we're not going to the ramen, we're not going to strength of field of 20 or whatever. Yeah. You know, we still got a really good field to look forward to, and you know, we we we're going to talk about it later. We got a lot of really great local guys in the field too that may have a chance to win. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we should have another great week of golf. You know what else is great? That's Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro. You'll be there before you know it. They've been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 66 years. You don't last that long in the automobile business if you don't treat people like family. That's exactly what the Diffie team prides themselves on. Go on by, check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator. The Diffie team will always have your best interest at heart. They also carry one of the best selections of pre-owned vehicles in the state. So if you hate the typical car dealer hassle and are looking for a different experience on your next vehicle purchase, give the Diffies a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right, you can deal directly with the owner Diffie Ford Lincoln just 15 minutes west of the metro on I-40 in El Reno. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out. Uh, speaking of the Diffies, I'm in a group text with Gan Diffie uh, and and another guy in that group text who is normally getting flamed in the group text all the time. A guy by the name of Darren Reed. He actually made a hole in one this morning on number nine uh, in hey, Lincoln West. So that's huge. Wow. Wow. Maybe one one of the days uh, he might not get flamed well, in the group text. Is he text. playing in the? Uh, they're having a college tournament out there, aren't they? Today at Lincoln West, or was that yesterday? I don't know if it was in a tournament or not. I think I it is. I think they're having. In the um, UC Ferguson. Oh, that'd be even better there. if it was in a tournament. I didn't even realize. I that'd be even maybe it was. I think so. Yeah. Let me. Uh, that hole usually plays 185, 190. I mean, it, that's not an easy. It's usually into a south wind. Today, I think it'd be downwind with the north, but still, yeah. that's that's a he said pretty, pretty 200 decent. 208 yard eight iron. So 208 yard eight iron. Yeah, definitely that, downwind. That, down that, that is a big eight iron for sure. Um, that's, that's nice hole in one though. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Sam, how many hole in ones you got? I got four and a half. No, now uh, we got to hear the story. You have, you have to explain the half. Explain, the, explain half. the half. <laughs> Actually, two holes later from where he made his ace, I made an uh, ace on number 11. Out oh. there at Lincoln West. Pipe driver down yeah, on the hill? Yeah, I was actually playing with uh, my dad's friend Skip Bayless and uh, just hit it over the trees, was looking behind, couldn't find it. He's in the hole. Wow. How about that? <laughs> so, that so, awesome. you, so you've made four, but one of them was a double eagle on a par five. I've made, four, yeah. four, four, four. I've made four. Yeah, yeah I, I, I made one at the Oaks, one at Oak Tree, number eight, one uh, in the Southwestern name. Okay, nice. so what's the half? The half is the par four. The, okay, the fact that you. it's a par. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's, he's counting his double eagle as one. And yeah, they're April twelfth and thirteenth, guys. Is the uh, at Lincoln West UC Ferguson tournament? Yeah, I believe because Oklahoma City's playing Southwest. Uh, Oklahoma Christian's playing. Um, USAO is playing where I end up graduating, but didn't go to school or didn't play there. Uh, Oklahoma Panhandle's playing. So yeah, it was a a college tournament where your friend made his turn. Uh, made there you his go. One. So yeah, that's that's good. Almost as good as my hole in my first hole in one of making it in a scramble for five thousand dollars when I was thirteen years old and couldn't accept it. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't take it. Couldn't, couldn't take I it. remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was that was a bad deal. Yeah. Shout out I mean, to it was the fun, obviously. Your friend hit a two hundred and something yard eight iron. I hit a hundred and sixty yard five iron. Oh, I mean we used to have to You were also thirteen. We, yeah, that's true. I was we used to have 13. to qualify there in uh in high school. At Lincoln West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, we had some intense qualifiers out there on that front nine of Lincoln West. Yeah? We play the front nine of Lincoln or we'd play the front nine of Oak Tree East and the next day we play Lincoln West for <laughs> What? For, <laughs> That's the most random combination. I know. No, of but nines. It, if you didn't shoot like four under, like it was nerve wracking because like it's so pretty much <laughs> pretty oh, yeah. easy I mean, on that front a, nine. It's a fun so, little track, but you've got to make some birdies. But just to make the team I mean, man, we had some battles out there and then I remember uh guys would hit be hitting like three woods into that hole when it's cold and dead into well, i mean me, i think that's one this. of the tougher part threes 
uh, of the public courses in the city. Yeah, and especially when you're going into the wind, you get a little bit of hook spin on it. You're out of bounds and re Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, know. you land on the car path, which is not that far left of the green, and then you're across the street. My question is, when y'all qualified at Lincoln West, did you play the cart path on number one as out of bounds? If you're left of the path, are you OB? Yes. Okay, yes. you did play it that way. 100%. That's uh, how, whenever I would caddy for Taylor in tournaments out there, they always played it that way. And, of course, whenever we played casual rounds out there, we never play it that way. Yeah. But we also... We don't play it that way, but we also don't intentionally take it down 11. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't right. know. I've never – I mean, I understand the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and most of our listeners will know because they played Lincoln West before. But And, and the reason they do it is, mo, is for mo, the same reason as P.J. Turcourse did. It's just for safety. You don't want to be hitting over into 11 where someone else they is. You have a little their yeah. dome off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then, but you're just hitting over there into trees. I mean, right. you're just taking a gamble for an extra 15 yards. I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. But, but shout out to your friend, and we did find out that it was – I mean, either that or he went off before all the other players did because they had a tournament there this morning. So, or they're finishing up the UC Ferguson tournament. So, um, unless he went out there and just was playing a few holes by himself, he did do it in a tournament. So, congratulations yeah. to your friends. I've always said at Lincoln West, if you can par number three and number nine, then you're going to shoot under par on the front nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if, if you can, if you can get into that back nine with, I mean, if you can go just maybe one or two. I mean, no matter what it is, if you can get to that back nine, you those are where the Scoreable well, yeah, holes are because yeah. you know you, yeah. you made the hole so, in thirteen one through on the sixteen. Left. Thirteen yeah. through sixteen is incredibly scoreable at Lincoln yeah. West. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it is. And but, eighteen. Yeah, but and also too on sixteen. One thing I, I do want to bring up this is because you, uh, you brought up a topic, Colby, about maybe making some changes to Augusta, which is going to be Just one, one of our main points. <laughs> Just one. No, I I'll have some more to add to that, but. I remember one year, and I played the. Um, we brought it up when we had Taylor Gooch on the uh, Pub Links qualifier out there. They played number sixteen, how it used to be, which was a par four. And I'll be honest with you guys, I almost like the hole a little better like that. I don't know what. What do y'all think? Would y'all make sixteen at Lincoln uh, West a par four? Or play, keep, play, keep, it, play it closer, or play it from where it's at. No, no, no. It was it was moved up a little bit. Okay, so I was going to say it'd have to be moved up. Yeah, it's moved up. Yeah, so you would have. I mean, when we played, it was like a six iron in or something. I mean, it, like it's a longer par four, right? But you can drive it past the cart path six iron to where you're kind of over. Yeah, for the- you, it is. For me, it's not. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's a layup most of the time. If the wind's out of the south, I think for public play, it's better as a par five. But I think for tournament play, it might be better as a par four. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You should make four either way. Theoretically, unless you're well, short I, knocking it's into a south wind. Well, if you're into a real south wind, you try to hit up those trees. I've seen it because you talk about the amateur play. Seen it a lot to where people try to go for the green and they'll just smack it right in the trees and it goes up in right. there. And I can't tell you how many times I've been playing with people and we spend five minutes looking for a ball up there. Cause it, and you, you can so, say my name. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass you in public, Colby. Hey, I, I love, West, I love so. the Lincoln West Hog. It's my favorite I, I, course in the city. I, I, I love Lincoln West. I, I love most of the uh, public courses up here. It's great. But, Colby, main point, you, you said you had something that you considered to be a, this is his quote, great change for the Augusta back nine to make it a better tournament. I don't know how it would be done. Colby, let us in on your secret. So, it's a great change. So, here's what we do at Augusta National. <laughs> we, we step on 10 tee box. I can't tell we play 10, 11, 12, 13, 100% serious. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14's kind of, you, you know, just so-so, but then 15 and 16, that is pure electricity yeah. on Sunday at the Masters. And the number 17 at Augusta National is just, I mean, it's maybe the most boring hole on the entire course. It is such a boring golf hole. The green complex, I mean, it funnels off there to the right, but relative to the other holes there, it's basically just like a break. It created like, the most famous shot in golf history, get the putt, a- the yes-sir putt. Yeah, that's fine. We 
I, but but Jack making that putt would have happened on any green, no? So so, but here's my proposal. Here's my proposal. So I'm watching the Masters on Sunday, and I'm watching what's happening on hole three. And hole three was unbelievable. Short par four, 350 yard hole, played to a 4.24 stroke average because the green is sloped. You know, you got the huge elevation change. Here's my suggestion for number 17 at Augusta National. Number one, take that front right greenside bunker, scoot it up further into the green, make the green smaller. Make it kind of a boomerang from front left to back right around the bunker. So you make it smaller, you make it more narrow, and you move the tees up so that it plays at about 350 yards, and you play it as a short par four. You've got options. You can lay back. You can go for it. You've got tough pin positions. The green's narrow. You know, it funnels off in some places. I think that that would make the the finishing stretch to Augusta National, National even so much better because usually guys step off 16. Most people hit the fairway on 17. They hit a pitching wedge in the middle of the green. They two-putt for par. I just think that it is, relative to its counterparts, a very boring hole, and I think making the green complex a little different, a little more narrow and tricky, and then moving the tees up to make it a risk-reward hole, I think would make that such a better hole for the 71st hole of, of the Masters. I don't hate that. I just, I don't know if you can change Augusta National like that. I mean, we we really haven't seen Augusta National ever go shorter. They've always lengthened holes. You're right. I don't know if they've ever gone shorter on a hole. Um, not that I can think of. Not, I, not, I not, think not, not intentionally, no. Not for, um, especially, you know, most of most of the things out there, at least originally, were done for member play. They, they so, would never do it because they, they try to keep the course as much as possible of what Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones wanted it to be. Um, even if you play, like, the... Um, it, the old Tiger video game that had the 1934. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. The Augusta National. Every hole's very similar. They are. Uh, there, there's a few changes. I mean, like, there's changes one, one for of the, sure. The one of the drastic, number 16 is the biggest six, 16's drastic change. 16 is a big change. one. One yeah. big one is number nine, kind of like you mentioned, Colby, kind of like a boomerang green. Look at the old images of number nine green, and it literally is a boomerang shape. It goes, instead of it going all the way up to the top, it goes up to the top, and then it wraps around the left bunkers. It, it really is unique. I'm not sh- I need to refresh my memory as to why but one of my points about Sam and Sam you're the only one who's been there so you can attest to this better I always think it interesting on 17 it seems like when players miss it right they're screwed but when anytime someone snap hooks it they always have enough room to hook it around the trees and, and have room I'm not sure if it's the prevailing wind that allows them to do well, it if it's just there's more room left than it looks but I feel like if for the whole and also too everyone in there sitting a little wedge or something so I, I don't feel know, like but if, if it's you remember be, John Rom headed over the green and and had a really tough chip shot. He got it up and he down. Did. He but did. You don't want to go long on seventeen. I mean, long of seventeen is dead. Yeah, it is. But even my thing is like, you know, even where the pin was at on Saturday, or I think it was Friday, whenever it was back right. They talked about that ridge that's going to funnel everything off there to the right. And oh, that's a bad spot. You don't want to be down there. And then three groups come through. I see three guys get down there. Two of them chip it to a foot. The other one is Victor Hovland who chips it in. And yeah. I'm like. Okay, so maybe that's not as hard as they're making it out to be on the broadcast. I, I just think that that hole needs a little bit more character, something that makes it unique coming down the stretch. I would even be in favor of, you know, let's say, because Augusta doesn't want to shorten the course, right? That's something that they never do. What if they left it where it is now, but out there at about a 300-yard carrier or wherever all these guys are hitting it, they put in a three-yard wide creek, a three-yard wide creek, and then they narrow the fairway on the other side of it, where if you want to bomb it past it, that's fine. But otherwise, some guys might have to come in with eight irons, maybe seven irons, if they have to lay back of the creek, instead of everybody coming into that hole with a wedge. I just feel like on Sunday afternoons... That I, I think you're just... underestimating how easy it is. I mean, how many people did we see bogey 17 to miss the cut? 
Uh, that's we a good saw, point. DJ saw like did it. Four Burger or five guys it. that were right on the cut line. Yep. Bogey seventeen to miss the cut. Yeah, DJ I and Burger are the two I memorable mean, ones. I don't hate the making it the short par four. I just I don't know if I would ever really change Augusta that much to really change a whole. I'm just brainstorming. Here, here's here's what I would do. The Eisenhower tree is one of the most infamous trees in golf, and well, and it gone. fell down. And it yeah, fell down right. now. It's gone. Yeah. Augusta National can do whatever they want. Let's bring in. A replacement Eisenhower tree that's a little bigger than the first one. Let's make it to where you can't just hit it over the tree. Because, see, look at look at this camera here, guys. This is the Eisenhower tree before. And no, anyone can't see. Look how much narrower the fairway. The fairway looks so much different. more narrow. It's significant. So, if, if you make, if you had the Eisenhower tree, and, you, and anyone just pull it up and look at it, it's it's shorter than all the other trees are. So, if you make the Eisenhower tree. Or if you tree, make it, the same move height, it down the fairway another 50 yards or so. Right. Yeah. And then there's a, and then that would lead to what I was bringing up earlier, Sam, about people who duck hook it off the tee box aren't able to still work it in there yeah. with, with a wedge. They would have. So I I agree with with your premise, Colby, of the fact that 17 could end up being a better hole. That's one of the reasons why whenever we had the big debate on the the best final three stretch holes in golf, that was the reason. 17 was the reason I did not include Augusta in there, even though 16 and 18 are such great holes in my opinion. So I I think the Eisenhower tree needs to be brought in some way or fashion even if it did cripple tiger to to a yeah. major extent yeah shame on that tree for that no doubt about that we don't <laughs> want that to happen but look i don't want to fundamentally change the dna of augusta national i just think there's just one or two little tweaks that can make it more exciting on sundays this is what i want everybody to do listeners at the 73rd hole on twitter you can search for us on facebook and instagram as well 73rd hole let us know what do you think you think it's a bad idea you think it's a terrible idea you think it's a good idea you love it you hate it you like it let us know uh you can also hit us up the 73rd hole.com let us know there as well of course we're the official podcast of golf oklahoma cannot stress this enough right now before you forget go to golf right now golf do it on your phone wherever you're listening Subscribe. Subscribe to the newsletter, the email list. Make sure you're getting all of the info from Golf Oklahoma. Uh, it's where you can follow along with everything that's happening collegiately throughout the state, with the courses throughout the state, and obviously the two huge championships that we have coming to the state of Oklahoma. One of those here in just about six or seven weeks with the senior PGA up at Southern Hills. And then, of course, one year later, the PGA Championship will be at Southern Hills. GolfOklahoma.org. And as a bonus, you can listen to our podcast right there on the homepage as you scroll through to check out everything that they have to offer. Uh, gentlemen, what else is going on collegiately this week in the world of golf? Um, so on the Golf Channel, actually yesterday, they had the uh, Western Intercollegiate presented by Top Golf at Pasatiempo Golf Club uh, in Santa Cruz, California. Washington uh, is in the lead uh, after the first round, and uh, and half uh, some of these teams are halfway through their second round. Uh, but you got Washington, Pepperdine, California, Stanford. Uh, Brigham Young and Brigham Young's tied for fourth, but they have the guy who's in the lead, Carson Lundell, uh, after a 68 two under yesterday. Looked like it was p- playing pretty tough yesterday uh, out at Pasatiempo. Yeah, you know, and we were talking about Bobby Jones, Alistair McKenzie earlier. You know, that's Alistair McKenzie design Pasatiempo out there in California, and uh, I believe number 16 out there is the hole that Alistair McKenzie said was his favorite hole he ever designed ever. So that goes to say something. It's a little about 400 yard par four. It's really great. 
hole. Not sure why it's his favorite, but nevertheless, great golf course out there they're playing. Would have, obviously, with it being on the West Coast, uh, would have liked to, um, understandably, why uh, the main uh, OU and OSU aren't in it, but would have been would have been nice to see him just knowing how great of a tournament that is. And, you know, I'll, I'll bring you on to some of the smaller schools. But just oh, just real quick ahead. with the Western Intercollegiate, one thing I find really funny, you get on Golf Channel, and Golf Channel has the scoreboard in here and everything's up. And you know how whenever an amateur plays in a PGA Tour event, they have in parentheses next to their name a lowercase letter A to signify that they're an amateur. Well, Golf Channel does that even for this college tournament that's the Western Intercollegiate. Next to every single player's name on the leaderboard on the Golf Channel, <laughs> there's a little lowercase a in parentheses. And I'm like, obviously, obviously yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a college tournament. But anyway, I just thought that was kind uh, of funny. I, I would have thought that they they may have done it for like individuals that are playing in the tournament that signify that they're not on the not counting for the team score, but to have yeah have everyone amateur go through and see if you can find someone without an A on there. I, I scroll through here. Every every single person has an A. Thankfully, yeah. uh, who's Otherwise, playing in the tournament as a pro? They would be it. DQ'd. Dang it, Tony Finau, you go down there to try to win. Um, so I'm no, sorry, I thought that Hawaii would be is in this uh, <laughs> is in this field. Which, by the way, I, I talk I mean, about Western. I don't I don't think that they have that great of a golf program. Judging by the scores here, <laughs> I really don't know. But I mean, they've got a couple guys more than twenty over, and they've only got one it's guy. That's, Imagine playing golf for Hawaii. How tough that would be having to fly so far. That's why they have like three tournaments in a row. It'd be in awesome Hawaii in the off season that though. they host. Yeah. yeah, it would be awesome in the off season. Yes, but it would be terrible having to fly to like California. It would. And uh, for a lot of different tournaments, it but, would. That's uh, a big speaking time of, change, jet lag. Yeah, no doubt. It's like what six hours, five uh, hours. It's five or six hours yeah, difference uh, from California to Hawaii. Yeah, and like I know one thing is that Hawaii. When I played in Hawaii's tournament a couple times, uh, they move it from island to island. Oh, so like even if it's cool. a home tournament, but they still have to fly to a different island. Yeah, you're right. So, but uh, like when it was in Kauai, they had to fly to Kauai yep. from Oahu. Uh, speaking of uh, college golf, OU, I'm looking at their schedule here. I don't think they're going to play again until the Big 12 championship on April 26th, but OSU is in action on April 16th and 17th uh, at Arizona State slash Thunderbird Collegiate uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. That's at Papago Golf Club in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, OSU's been on fire, boys. They, they have uh, they've played well lately. Uh, they, they've finally gotten some solid play from their four and five man and uh and Eckroat obviously is playing really well as well uh do you guys have the uh, pga tour u rankings up anywhere i'm gonna look those up i i thought i had them up here uh give me one second PGA, pga tour u right here i've got them pulled up Go so ahead, um i don't believe there's been any change at the top let me just started to buffer on me as yep. I started scrolling. John nope. Pack is yep. still in first. Garrett Reban still in second yeah. after his win yeah. uh, the other week. Um, Davis got, Thompson, three. Yep. Chun on you out of Arizona State at four. And then Austin Eckro still and sitting there at five. He's hanging on uh, seven-point lead yep. uh, over Sandy Scott of Texas Tech. And that's a uh, seven-point lead out of more than 1,100 points yep. that each of these guys have. So a seven-point lead is infinitesimal and, and, at this and point. And I'm sure uh, that these next few tournaments, I'm not sure how conference tournaments work. They're probably actually less. They, I, I would think they would be less points uh, considering it's not as big of a field because uh, obviously in the Big 12, you're going to have 12 teams, you know. So uh, I don't know if if you're going to get as many points for the Big 12 tournament, but as far as like regionals and nationals right after that. Now, Quaid's back up to 10. He was down to 12 briefly, wasn't he? 
was he? I, well, I, was yeah, 10 he, as low okay. as he dropped. I thought he got I, down to 12 at one point. I think you're right, Colby. Yeah, so he's back up to 10 now, so that's good to see Quaid right there. Cooper Doss, he's still sitting there at 16 uh, down at Baylor. So uh, Coach and Mike so, McGraw doing a good job down there. Just to remind people, Quaid, you know, he already had he already qualified uh, for PGA Tour Canada last year, so they're still going to honor that for him this year. So if he finishes 6 through 15, uh, he will still uh, – it doesn't really matter right. for him. Uh, right. But, like I said – Big points coming up in regionals and nationals where he can make up a bunch of ground. Um, and uh, one thing I, I wonder, on this PGA Tour U, do you think they, they count the NCAA tournament as two different tournaments if you make match play? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. That'd be I, tough because that's team dependent. I would, assume, I would assume not for the match play portion. Yeah, but what if you because- beat what if you, what if Ekro beat Quaid or Quaid beat Ekro? In match play, that should count for something. It, it'd be so tough, yeah. though, because, like, let's say theoretically SMU doesn't make it to match play, and they've got Noah Goodwin and McClure Meissner in here at 7 and 8. What if those guys both play great in stroke play, but their three teammates play terrible, and they don't get in, yeah. so now they don't have an opportunity to get those same It probably points. ends after stroke play. And, and I would think so, because then at that point, you know, I mean, it, like, let's say, for example, you're, you're Alan Bratton for OSU. Even though you want to win a national championship, if Eckroat's going to get points for uh, into the match play, you're going to try to put him against whoever the best player is on the next school, no matter what it is. So you're going to take away from that team winning aspect to try to benefit the individual. At least I, I, you would at least be in a fine line if it was that point. So I would think it would have to end after after the stroke play portion. I mean, that's the only fair way to do it. Yeah, I would think so too. And real quick, I, I was going to say about the McKenzie Tour, we got to show some love to our man Cody Burrows from Chickasha. He played yep. his college golf at Oral Roberts, and he went down to McKenzie Tour qualifying in, what was it, Scottsdale yep. a couple weeks ago? No, it wasn't Scottsdale. It was, um, oh man. I mean, they have Maybe different sites. Yeah, somewhere, uh, somewhere like that. Hayden Wood qualified in uh, in Scottsdale. Finished Fantastic. like 24th, I think. You'd yeah. have to fact check me on that, Hayden. Okay. But, uh, but he definitely qualified and got some status on the McKenzie Tour. It's going to be interesting to see if they have the McKenzie Tour. I'm hearing rumors that it might be moved to the United States because of the 14-day quarantine that's still in effect mm-hmm. in Canada, which would screw up everyone's golf schedule. Yeah, still dealing uh, with COVID protocols. But shout out to Hayden Wood, who qualified with his 24th place finish. And then Cody, I believe, finished 15th at his. Uh, at his qualifying event. So shout yeah. out to Cody Burrows, friends of Taylor and I's from Chickasha. So great player and, and wish him all the best on the McKenzie tour. And, and one more thing I was, when I was talking about OU is going to be in action next in the big 12, obviously OSU will be too after ASU. Uh, that's going to be at Prairie Dunes. And last time that was at Prairie Dunes, Chase Hanna from Kansas won, but those pin locations, uh, shout out to Rusty, uh, of the K, uh, uh, KGA because he put some nasty pin locations out there and it was one of the mo- more tough tournaments that I've ever seen uh, scores in in a college tournament. You had Go- great- Gooch played that year, didn't he? No, that was you're talking that, about the national championship. National championship. Oh yeah, 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 I'm talking yeah, about talking Big Twelves like two yep. or three years yep. ago. Uh, but yeah, so Prairie Dunes that's going to be an interesting tournament to watch. The Big Twelves out there. Yeah, no doubt yeah, about I, it. I think that yeah, Prairie Dunes and Southern Hills kind of battle each other out for the best Perry Maxwell design. Um, I kind of I try to look at even. Even though you can base off however you want, I look at Golf Digest rankings every time they come out for courses, and that's one of the first things I look at. Do they rank Southern Hills ahead of Prairie Dunes this year, or which one? Because they're north, <laughs> they're somewhere between twenty eight and thirty five. About which each one time. do you like better, Tito? I've never played Prairie Dunes personally. Oh, you haven't? I, I've been up there, but I've never played it. Um, my, I, I, I don't know how you get better than Southern uh, personally. I don't. Yeah, know. I like Southern. I, I'm not a, I'm just not a big fan of the native grass. Uh, like it, it's, I mean, it's a good. Well, it's everywhere at Prairie Dunes. It's everywhere at Prairie Dunes. I mean, it obviously it's a great course. I. It's just not my favorite, but right. the better course, I mean, 
one A, one B, one. You can put either one. Yeah, I would probably yeah. lean toward the the tree lined look more than the native grass yeah. look as well. Just personal perspective. Uh, anything else we need to get to collegially? We'll take uh, a break. Come back, preview the. Yeah, RBC. I, I, I want to shout out um, my alma mater, Oklahoma Christian. They won down in Dallas last week. Didn't get a chance to shout them out with all the uh, master stuff going on. That was their fourth win, including the fall and spring guys. Wow. So they and, got they got a rolling going into, and I believe um, very much like OU, their next tournament will be their conference championship down in Arlington. Then they'll be going into uh, D two. Um, regionals and then internationals at that point. So they're uh, they're starting to catch fire right at the right time, guys. And uh, I, I was just pulling this up. I, you asked me and I looked. Uh, Oklahoma City University is actually uh, – I think this tournament might actually be over. The Susie Maxwell Burning Classic for women. Uh, OCU women, uh, Redlands, uh, and then they beat Texas Wesleyan. Uh, so OCU got a one-shot – one shot win over Redlands yeah. uh, women's golf, and, and also too uh, kind of along the same lines. I'll go into the uh, the junior stuff. OJGT um, out here at Lake Hefner. Rhett Hughes ended up winning um, at minus one score. Um, our one of my friends, Ryder Cowan, shot plus four, ended up finishing second. Parker Sands ended up at plus five, was third. All three of them from Edmonds. Sam. Where, so where does that, that make you feel? Where Lake, they play that at? Lake Hefner. Okay. I believe it's Southside. Uh, um, how does that make you feel to have all three Edmond boys finish in the top three on OJGT? Oh, I love it, and I've I've been seeing. I live on the same hole that Ryder Cowan lives. You do. And uh, I've seen him out there practicing late at night on seven green and seven fairway. Yeah. The man cannot get enough golf, and I love to see it. I love it, it. It takes me back to the old days. Absolutely love it. By the way, you mentioned the uh, women's golf reminded me that a fun match play event uh, at Stillwater Country Club this week for the Big 12 women. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State had match play heads up. I think OU actually beat OSU 3-2 in their matches, but Oklahoma State ended up winning the event. There were three teams tied at the top. It was Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, and then they actually went to tiebreakers to determine who won the event, and Oklahoma State had more individual wins against Tech and Oklahoma than Tech and Oklahoma did amongst the three teams. So Oklahoma State is the uh, is the winning team of the Cowgirl match play at Stillwater Country Club. So a lot of great golf being played in the state of Oklahoma. Again, you can keep up with all of this here on the 73rd hole and with our partners, Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. You will not find uh, anything better online to cover golf in this state. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We've got a full RBC Heritage preview for you to good field. We've got DraftKings. We've got best bets, one and done picks. We've got everything you could possibly want coming your way on the other side. So stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. It is time now to set our sights on the RBC Heritage, which will be played this week at Harbortown Golf Links. Par 71, goes 7,121 yards. They play on Bermuda Grass Greens at Harbortown. It really is a, a fun course. Suits guys like Webb Simpson, who won last year. Abraham Anser, who finished uh, second. C.T. Pan won there a couple of years ago. So it's a course that uh, that I like. It's, you know, again, the week after the Masters, it's always, no matter what was after the Masters, it would be a letdown. Uh, but RBC Heritage, Harbortown Golf Links, it is a good golf course. It's a great golf course. Some of the smallest greens you'll see on tour all year, maybe the smallest. Um, as far as the course goes, uh, historically, uh, the, it's a par 71. Par, uh, yardage is uh, 7,100, uh, 136 slope. But uh, as far as the course goes, number 14, 18, and number 8 are by far your hardest holes. 18's uh, a great hole. Historically, it is a great hole, and it's by far the widest fairway on the course, too. Uh, guys just can hit it anywhere on that on that tee shot. And then the approach shot is very demanding. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Do you remember, I I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Do you remember the guy that hit it left? And then I I think it was Brian Davis. It was Brian Davis, Brian Davis. And and he touched the twig. It was like 2009 or something like that. It was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. His ball didn't move. His ball didn't move, but he touched like a leaf or a twig on his backswing. Uh, and it, it was 2010. 2010. Jim okay. Furyk ended up winning. Uh, in a, in that that was in a playoff. It was in the playoff. It was either right before the playoff. No, I think it, it was, was in the playoff. It was in the playoff. Okay. And he That's stroked. He stroked himself. Yeah, he stroked himself. And uh, uh it, that's unfortunate uh, let's because make sure we now phrase that correctly. He, he, he assessed himself yeah. a penalty stroke yeah, for did. accidentally grazing the grass <laughs> in the hazard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, that wouldn't even be a penalty <laughs> these days. That wouldn't even be, that wouldn't that even wouldn't be a penalty, be a penalty these, days. these days. They changed it. You can ground your club in the laterals now. Yeah. Yeah. Or Brian Davis, man. man he, and, he, and, never, he never really uh, – his career never really took off, did it? Uh, no, not after no, that. It no, didn't. And That's I mean, wild. Shout out to him, though. That's integrity. And also here, let's let's just put it into perspective. I mean, back then, even the purses were a little smaller. Still over a million bucks. Second place was probably 500K, maybe 550 yeah. or something like that. So that's a 400 and something uh, $100,000 decision making there just to give yourself a pin to help you sleep at night. Is it worth half a million dollars to sleep at night? I'm not sure. I'm, so. I'm sure he had some good karma coming his way. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, one more interesting thing after looking at past winners and uh, second place finishers at – the RBC. I, I found it really interesting that in 2016 and 17, Luke Donald finished second, and in 2011, he finished second, and in 2009, he finished second. So he's finished second in this event four times. Uh, it, it just goes to show how good Luke Donald really was back in the day. And then I didn't realize that that recently, he's finished second in this tournament. Yeah, uh, your past, it, it, it's been, it was the Luke Donald Open for a decade. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. So and the Webb Simpson Open. He's done it. Yes. He's won Web, out there. Webb feasts here. I should have yep. used him here instead of the freaking players where he missed the cut. Now, here's, here's Luke Donald. Donald's finishes from 2009 to 2017 here at Harbortown. Going back to 2009, starting backwards. Uh, second, third, second, 37th, third, second, 15th, second, second. <laughs> so who has the onions to put him in his dra- in their draft game? How's he not going to win? Only How's he not winning this? One of y'all won't put him put him in your draft game. Do it. So only, well. only two. <laughs> only two of those nine years he made less than 336 or 330,000. Wow. Um, ain't that crazy? So his career earnings at just this event, pretty salty. Hey, pretty salty. Uh, name or let's see. Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, yeah, 
So name the three uh, back-to-back winners at RBC. Oh, the three back-to-back winners? Man, yep. I got this tab right here. I click on it and cheat, but I'm not going to. Uh, is Webb one of them? Webb is not. Okay. No, Webb. He might be if he wins this week. Furyk. Um, Furyk. I was about to say Furyk. Furyk has won twice, but he didn't do it back-to-back. Really? What a chump. Um, Kucher. Kucher has guess. won, but he... I, said, uh, no, he I think he only won it one time. Yeah, well, it's not CC it Pan. It's not Sadoshi Kadaira. Uh, man, that's great. Uh, Davis Love III. Davis that's Love good, III. Bingo. That's, Boom. that's one it. of them. He's actually won it. Let's see how many DL3 times. DL3 turned his course up, too. Three, uh, four, five, six. I think he won it six times, but he won it back-to-back in 91 and 92. Nice. You know, this tournament's a little older. I'm going to shut the door. Give me Jack. Jack Nicholas uh, did not win it uh, back-to-back. Uh, actually, Hale Irwin won it uh, in two- 71 and 73. That's a blast from but the Johnny, past. Johnny Miller won it uh, in in between them. So there's two more, boys. There's two more that y'all are missing. Oh, man. I don't think I even have I, any more I, guesses. I don't, I don't think I do either without, without cheating. Payne without. Stewart in 1988 and wow. 1989. The late grade. Uh, won back-to-back. Or, sorry, 19. 19- 1989 and 1990, uh, he won back-to-back. And then uh, Boo Weekly, 2007, Oh, I should have known, known that. Boo Weekly won that, it in 07 and 08. That's was a Ryder Cupper. It was. Yeah, this, this you know, event <laughs> probably is what got Boo Weekly into the Ryder Cup. Listen to this tournament in 2008. Boo Weekly won. Aaron Badley finishes second, and Anthony Kim ties him for second. Oh, that's so good. I miss that's it. That's so good. I don't know who I'm, I'm – obviously, AK has to take the spot, but, man, I miss watching Boo Weekly play golf. I, I mean, he was fun. Yeah. He was he, fun. He was He was smarter than he let mach- on, too. Oh, absolutely. He was a ball-striking machine, but he was a no-putting son of a gun. Let me tell you, every <laughs> single year, he was DFL and putting. Every year. Hey, we, we just had one of those guys win the Masters. A very good Ball-striking machine, can't putt. It only takes four days. That, only a, takes four Hideki's days. He's a heck of a lot better putter than Boo Weekly. Yeah, you're That's right. a good point. You're right. It's easy to say that, especially today, too, after he just won the Masters. Just like yeah. what he said, there's no bad putters on And by tour, the way, right? Hideki slugging the green jacket through the Atlanta airport. Hideki's like, he's just a dude. Yeah. He's just a regular, he's like a regular dude who just so happens to be good at golf, but he just, he just wants yeah. to get on his plane. He didn't even have a direct flight home. He had to fly through Chicago. Yeah. Would y'all, if y'all had the green jacket, would you set it on just a random no, airport chair? No, absolutely not. I would not do that. That's the one thing that I, I understand that it's cool that he did that, but if I had the green jacket, I'm keeping that thing so clean. And, is, pers- and I'm the messiest person you'll ever meet in your entire life, but, but I'm I mean, keeping that it thing. Was, pers- it was very carefully folded. <laughs> I know, but I'd be scared to death someone. I would have it touching my body or in that case. That they give you to carry. How much, it, no oh, dude, how much what. dust is on that chair? Oh, dude, it's not, but if, I mean, if somebody tried to grab it and take off running, I mean, they'd be in prison so fast. I know, so but fast. I don't want anyone else to like shoot him again. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm worried about picking it up and putting it on. You have this big brown streak on it because of the dust that I'm it was sure he on. made sure he was putting it on a clean chair. Yeah. Speaking of jackets, they get a jacket this week. They Plaid do. Gold jacket, jacket green jacket. Plaid jacket. <laughs> yeah. Plaid it. jacket. <laughs> Boy, Satoshi Kodaira look good in that jacket. Can't believe he never never All won right. it again. Let's make some picks. Shall we? DraftKings. Uh, Taylor, I believe you were dra- bragging about your DraftKings lineup. I was, yeah, yeah. I so finished, you get to go first. I didn't win the pool, but I finished second. Better, better than you losers, so I'll go ahead and, and, and hey, I was close. Shout out to Matt Kuchar and Daniel Berger. I was close. If I'd have finished like Fourteen places higher, I'd have been in the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah you weren't too far in off in a yeah. twenty-man pool. Yeah, not, not yeah, not too bad. So I'm, um, I'll start it off, guys. <laughs> Cheapest option here. 
Um, not, I, I mean, I guess it is kind of irony because I didn't plan this. Um, but good value, sixty nine hundred. Give me a guy by the name of Matthew Naismith. Oh, so this guy I've been playing. Naismith, I think. Naismith, <laughs> Naismith, gold yeah. jacket, green jacket. Who gives? I a believe beat? it was Luke Garza who won the Naismith Award last week. Yeah. I think you're looking for Matthew Naismith. Naismith yeah, the great great grandson of Naismith. Naismith. All right, so back to some actual golf conversation here. So, <laughs> this is just a nonsense Tuesday. This is a total Masters hangover show. And I love it. It is, yeah. It, it, we all make bad decisions when we're hungover, so that's what we'll blame it on. Right. Uh, so going back to the West Coast swing here, uh, here guys, Matthew Neesmith, Neesmith, whatever you want to say, <laughs> finished 7th, 16th, and 20th at, at the three events. Uh, missed a couple of cuts, but his last two events at the Honda and Valero has finished inside the top 36. And then his only appearance here last year, he finished 33rd. So for a guy sub-7,000 value, guy who's made the cut here, played played pretty good this year. Go ahead and give me Matthew Neesmith, Neesmith, whatever you want to say. And then, Sam, you go ahead because I'm pretty sure you finished higher than I did in the DraftKings. Yeah, I think I finished like seventh or eighth. Um, Let's see. I am going to go with the old man Stuart Sink at 6,700. I thought about it. He has some good uh, current form, and I'm pulling up uh, Harbortown, his past history. Give me one second, boys. Uh, He has some great course history here. I mean, uh, in in – 2013, uh, he had uh, four rounds, positive strokes gained. Uh, 2011, he uh, more in the more recent years, he's he hasn't had that great of tournaments, but he's made the cut uh, here at the RBC, and that's all you're asking for from someone who is at 6,700. Yeah, for me, you know, my first pick, I like to support my friends. That's what I like to do. I support my friends. So. How could I pass up the value at 7,500 of my close personal friend, Matt Wallace? Matt Wallace played great two weeks ago at the Valero Texas Open. Taylor almost spit out his water. (laughs) He played great at the Valero Texas Open two weeks ago. Uh, I mean, he was unbelievable in the ball striking categories if he could have gotten some putts to fall on that Sunday. And he was very steady at the Masters last week. But I like that he wasn't right up at the top of the leaderboard because he didn't have the emotional energy expended of going to sleep every night thinking, oh, if I make some putts, I can win the Masters. No, he shot 74, 72, 71, 73. So I like Matt Wallace this week, uh, and I like him at 7,500. Do you like the fact that in his two appearances here, he's missed the cut and finished 64? Oh, I love it because he's, he's getting a hang of the course. He's, he's starting due. to progress. He's he, due. He's due. That's what you're saying. Also, okay. I, like I, I just, in general, I think he's playing better golf than he's played in a while. I, I think he went through a slump last year. I think he's playing better golf than he's played in a while. Uh, and then I've got two guys at 7,700. Uh, I'll announce the, the local first. Kind of a home game for Kevin Kisner, a little bit. Kevin Kisner from the area down there. Kevin Kisner uh, has played well here in the past. He's only 7,700, and Kisner's a guy, man, he can just get hot with the putter, and and I'm looking for a performance from Kisner similar to what we saw from Webb last year, where it's like, oh my gosh, this guy can't miss. Kisner has some of those sometimes, and I think he's just about due for one, so I'm going to roster Kis this week at 7,700. Alright, I'm going to go with 6,900 Doug Gim. Oh, where's he at? We're going to find our best friend Good stuff. Hey, if he misses the cut, then we're out of luck. <laughs> do, 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 do you have any any golf insight on Doug Gim besides you just love him so much? Yeah, I mean, the I, last time we saw him at the Valero Texas Open, he shot a 69 in round four. 
Nice. So that's and nice. 6,900. It's Kismet. By yep. the way, I had Doug Gim in my roster on my initial DraftKings, and then whenever I did some tweaking, I took him out. So, so I might I, end up biting Seriously, him. though, at, at the Arnold Palmer, uh, he was in contention at the Arnold Palmer until Sunday uh, when he had that tough hole on the back or on the front nine. Uh, but then at the players, he played three solid rounds. Uh, he was, let's see, uh, or was it? No, no, no. It was at the players where he had the, the tough hole on the back nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and at Bay Hill, he actually came back and shot a 65 uh in round three so he's had some solid finishes uh this this year and he's made what was it like he's only missed three cuts this year so Doug Gim's a solid pick at 6900 yeah I like it just another one of those young guys that I mean we get so many of them and it's like you know if they if they just catch fire get one little swing swing thought that's going to go their way uh the the world's going to light on fire by the way it just made me think of this Walker Cups next month Quade Cummins Austin Eckrod are going to be down there Doug Gim was part of that 2017 U.S. Walker Cup team that also included Colin Morikawa Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Champ what are, what, are the guys, what are those guys doing right now? You know, what, what, what were they doing last? Loaded. What were they, they doing last week playing the Masters? So, yeah, they yeah. were busy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my next order, guys, it's not too hard. I got two picks, and they're both the exact same price. So I just nice. have to figure out where to start. So at uh, at seventy six hundred, give me my first one. Give me a guy who won a couple weeks ago. It was just in a smaller event, so don't get too ahead of ourselves. Give me Brandon Grace, seventy six hundred. Oh yeah, this the opposite it. field of Putacana. Yep, one down there. Um, and since then, since he won, he's played three events. Vince missed the cut, the players, but finished 23rd at the Valero, finished 26th at the Arnold Palmer. And at this event, guys, um, has made the cut in all five appearances, last two appearances in the 60s, so not too good. But 2015 and 2017, going for 2015 backwards, he went 7th, won here in 2016, and then finished 11th in 2017. So this is a guy who likes this place very much. And, and this then, is a Brandon Gray-style course. It really is. It really is. And, you know, the next guy is at 7,600 is also, this is a Ian Poulter type of course. I, <laughs> I, I do not like the man for Ryder Cup reasons, but I'm going to read off his, his recent finishes here, guys. Going for 2020, um, going, going towards uh, 2014. 2015. Uh, he won 14th, 10th, 7th, 11th, 54th, and 18th. Is that so, any good? So, and out of six appearances, only one is higher than 18th. So, and and also, too, man, this is a guy who really is is playing pretty good. So, I mean, finished 26th at the Masters last week, uh, made uh, made it to the round of match play at uh, down in Austin. So, a guy with a little bit of form. So, give me Ian Poulter, a guy who also likes this place, too. I like that. I'm going to go with one of the guys that Colby picked, uh, Kevin Kisner at 7,700. Uh, even though he's missed the cut here the last two times he's played here, he still has some great course history in the past in 2017, obviously with some great rounds. But as far as his local, I mean, as far as his recent play, uh, it's been a little bit of feast or famine for uh, Kevin Kisner this year. He has a, a, num- a number of rounds, uh, positive uh, four shots or better on the field, uh, but he also has a, a few clunkers in there. So I- I'm banking on him uh, not throwing in one of those clunkers and at least making the cut on a course that he obviously likes. Yeah, that's you and me both. And, and Kisner, I feel like, you know, he, he's famous for the comments that he made. You know, can you win anywhere? No, no I can't win at Tory. I can't win at Bethpage. <laughs> but I feel like this is the kind of place where he feels like he can win. And yeah. so that's why I, I like him uh, to hopefully get hot this week. I do have another guy at 7,700 for my third pick. Taylor, you're going to love it. How about Christian but Zayden Hoot at 7,700 cut-making machine at this course. You've got a chip. You've got a putt. I like Zayden Hoot at uh, 7,700. I think that's pretty good value there. And then I'm just going to bump up ever so slightly to the guy who burned you to a crisp last week, Taylor. 
Show me some Matt Kuchar love at 8K. He had the weekend off last week to refresh, reset himself mentally, and he will show up at Harbortown Golf Links ready to dial it in. I'm not worried about him switching arms on the arm lock. That was just Augusta. He was just experimenting. It's just the Masters. Who cares? He's going to come back and play the tournament he really cares about this week, and that's the RBC Heritage. So show me some Matt Kuchar love at 8,000. I am going to go to – I like that pick. I almost had Kuchar, but I'm going to go to 8,700 Brian Harmon, one of the ah. hottest players on tour right now, uh, has made the cut here the last – let's see uh, – the last three out of four times he's played here, he's made the cut. Uh, so some solid rounds there. But look at his finishes uh, in these rounds since the players, since he shot 67 in the Players' Championship in round one. Uh, I mean, if you're looking here, I mean, pretty much every single round until the last two rounds at Augusta is more than five shots up on the field. Strokes gained. Uh, he's one of the best putters on tour so far this year. Uh, positive strokes gained in every area of his game, even off the tee. Uh, so I love what I see out of Scott Tway, Brian Harmon. Yeah, I, I, I love that pick, and we'll dive more into that in a little bit. So, and, you know, I just want to bring back to the, the Matt Kuchar thing, Colby. So, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling back here, and – I, I can't find a missed cut for Kuchar at this tournament. I, I don't think I don't think he's ever missed a cut at Harbor Town. Last year he finished 40 th- 41st, and that was looks like by far his worst finish. Because before that, 2019 second, uh, going backwards, 23rd, 11th, 9th, 5th, one here in 2014. So this is a guy who knows this place. But when I don't know what putting stroke he's coming out with, I don't know. I can't pick him, man. And it's like you said, Colby, when someone burns you so bad and it just hurts, it's 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 worse. But that's, all, that's why I didn't pick answer because I'm still burnt from answer from Valero, and you're burnt from Kuchar from last week. It happens. It makes sense. And and I'll be honest with you, probably the best bit, bet of the week is Bezaynhut because this is the first non-major that I haven't picked him in Lord knows how long. <laughs> um, so he's probably the best bet. My next pick, guys, guy who is known for his fast play. He doesn't hold hold play up very much. That's a guy by the name of Kevin Knopp. So he's also known for his length, and um, so I'm being totally sarcastic. But this is a course that totally fits – uh, Kevin Na's game. And so, man, just reading off some of his finishes here. Finished 10th in 2019, 4th in 2016, uh, 8th and 9th back in 2011, 2012, 17th back in 2008. So this is a guy who knows what he's doing around that place and finished 12th last week at the Masters. So that's a guy with a little bit of form. And then my next pick is another guy. I'm picking a lot of guys that I really just don't like to root for, but I'm going to have to this week for fantasy reasons. And that's Mr. Skill himself, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 9100. And I'm, I'm going back here. He's played this event five times kind of kind of like your Matt Wallace Colby he, he it took him a while to get used to it missed the cuts first first two times then since then has finished 14th 39th and 14th so had some couple good finishes there and looking back on it guys I don't think he's missed a cut and Lord knows how long so I know he didn't make the uh, he didn't make the uh, match play portion but had a good chance had a couple of good rounds in there finished 34th last week at the Masters was not really ever in contention but kind of floated around backdoor that kind of thing so I, I, I think he definitely gets to the weekend and we're talking about course that definitely suits Matthew Fitzpatrick I think this is the definition of it yeah I'm gonna go with Fitzpatrick as well at 9100 uh Fitzpatrick obviously one of the hotter players on tour over the past year since the beginning of uh 2021 you see he's feast I mean there's a lot of feasts without much famine especially lately since the Omega Dubai classic desert classic he hasn't had a round in a stroke play event more than uh a half a shot uh low on the field. So I mean what 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 I'm saying is he's a 
a guaranteed make the cut guy this week, uh, and and he could definitely contend on the weekend if he throws a low one at him. Yeah, and and you know y'all gonna start to notice a trend in my DraftKings lineup. I am big time trying to play psychologist this week. I don't want anybody in my lineup who contended last week. Anybody who contended last week was an immediate cross off for me this week. I think the emotional high of being in contention at the Masters and then heading to Harbor Town and having to tee it up and match that energy, I think it's just tough to do. That might totally burn me. Full disclosure, I'm trying to play psychologist this week, and I am by no means a licensed uh, psychologist. So uh, at 9,000, go ahead and give me Mr. Quad from Greenside himself, Bermuda Green Putting Machine. Give me Sung J.M. at 9,000. I think that because he was 13 over last week and had the nine, I think you'll get him at a lower ownership than you might usually get him at a course with Bermuda Greens, and I like that. I think it can be a little bit of a, uh, a differentiating pick there for Sung J. I initially had Fitzpatrick at 9,100, and then I, I thought to myself, I'm like, I think a lot of people are going to have Fitz. I'm going to drop down to Sung J and take that risk. So I've got him at 9,000, and then rounding out my lineup, another guy who missed the cut last week at the Masters, but but I still think that he's playing good golf uh, and a lot of signs point toward him making it. Of course, he bogeyed 17, Sam, like we talked about earlier, to miss the cut. That's Daniel Cheeseburger at 10,000. Yeah. I think Cheeseburger has a really good chance to contend this week. Seems like a course that fits him. Uh, just has to make some putts. So uh, I like Berger. He can kind of get on a heater with the putter like what we saw Webb do last year on the back nine. So that rounds, up my, rounds out my lineup with Sungjae at 9,000 and Berger at 10,000. When you mentioned Sungjae, I was going to wait until the best bets to do this, but I'll, I'll mention my best bets right now because we were talking about Fitzpatrick. He's at plus 3,000 this week. I think that that's great value. And then you have, and then you have Sungjae M at plus 110 over Will Zalatoris this week. Sungjae actually the underdog wow. against Will Zalatoris this week. Uh, so not much love uh, for Sungjae. I know that Will contended last week, but the last guy I'm going to go with uh, on my uh, DraftKings is Webb Simpson uh, at 10,700. Uh, the data golf favorite this week, 83% chance, 83.2% chance uh, to make the cut, 6.4% uh, chance to win. Uh, Webb Simpson, I mean, he's been one of the more solid players uh, over the last uh, two years, uh, to be honest. And uh, Webb Simpson, obviously, uh, still in good form. Last week we saw him play solid, uh, in, in, at least in the first couple rounds, uh, and then brought it back in round four with a 70 that was actually plus 3.5 shots on the field. Uh, but we've seen Webb over the past year uh, really be more dominant uh, than he has been. He's got that new putting stroke working, uh, and, and and everything looks good. So I'm picking Webb this week. Uh, I might not pick him to win. You'll see here in a second when we do one and done. Right off the finish this year, guys. I mean, we got winner last year and then 16th, 5th, 11th. Um, it's got a second back in 2013, 2011, 2010. Both finished 14th both those times. I don't see how you can't pick Webb Simpson this week. I mean, I understand maybe not picking him for the one and done. Um, I, I always save him every year for the Wyndham because he never finishes outside the top three there. So, so you're saying you did not use him at the players when he missed the cut like me and, like me and Sam? That is correct. Yes, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all burned him for, for an MC. That's not bad. It's, uh, that's really so what you I'm, want. I'm not over it. If you're wondering, I'm not over it. And you know, no. you know, or, or Cantley, you know, or Cantley, who's also another big favorite this week. You know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of hit on both of y'all's points here because I, I like your, I dislike your M pick, but yet I like your M pick over Zalatoris. And there, there's a couple reasons. One is that M has played this course twice, has missed the cut twice, so hopefully he's getting his feet wet at this course. And Colby mentioned that, and I kind of like the same trend of if you're in contention at the Masters probably going to have a little bit of a letdown week and 
what was there, three guys in contention last week? And Hideki and Shoffley right. aren't playing this week, and right. Zalatoris was the only other guy. So I think if anyone was going to have a letdown week, it would be Zalatoris. So while I don't necessarily like the end pick, if I was going to bet, especially on a little plus money, don't have to give any juice, I would take um, I would take him over Zalatoris on that bet. Yep. Wait, wait, you got, did you give your last pick? Yeah, Webb? It, was, it, it was Webb. Webb. Yeah, okay. It was Webb, sorry. So, yeah. so how are we feeling about Cantlay and DJ this week? So we rounded out our lineups. No Cantlay, no DJ in any of these lineups. Uh, no Morikawa in any of these lineups. Just too high of a price, or do you not love them this week? Well, DJ's definitely overpriced. Uh, if you look at Data Golf, uh, Dustin Johnson is actually behind Webb Simpson and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, but if you look at him on betting-wise or on DraftKings, he's worth way too much money this week, in my opinion. And he hasn't been on his best form, plus uh, you know having to go back to Augusta, deal with all that stuff. Uh, it's not like he was at home practicing on Sunday or anything. Uh, I think that his bad form might continue because – not bad, but bad for DJ's standards. Bad for DJ. DJ's very streaky. Yeah. He'll be absolutely unbeatable for six months, and then he'll just throw out some clunkers well, for six months, and then he'll be unbeatable again. It's, yeah, it's weird. What I'm saying is I wouldn't choose Harbor Town for him to kind of break through and right. be like, you know, this, he, I'm He's back. only there because of yeah. the RBC logo. Yeah, I'm not saying he ever there. left. I, I'm not saying DJ ever left, but I, I'm saying, like, he's going to – there's going to be some right. tournament where he comes back and wins by seven. Right. Yeah, and, you know, to go to DJ's point, I mean – any course that DJ has played five times and he hasn't finished better than 16th in, I'm probably going to stay away from because that means it either doesn't fit him or it's wrong place in the schedule, whatever it may be. And, you know, guys, we talk about he's a little off form, but going back to the workday concession, I mean, his best finish um, this year was, um, besides winning over um, across the pond, he finished eighth at the Genesis. But since then, 54th at the workday with the limited field, 48th at the players, didn't make the match play portion, and missed the cut at the Masters. So he's just been off. And like you said, I – I mean, what what interest does he have besides being there for RBC? I don't I don't know. Um, when it comes to Cantlay, I mean, this is a guy who's played here three times, hasn't finished worse than seventh, and so that's two thirds in there. I, I just look at the the recent play, and he was playing so good, but he um, he had the dehydration issue, so he didn't play at the workday. I thought he'd be fine, but since then, missed the cut, the players missed the cut, the Masters, and didn't make the match play portion. So I don't know, maybe there was it's, something to that. It's to the crazy because uh, starting at the CJ Cup, he had about twenty rounds where he was positive strokes gained on the field, and his, his stats still on the year for the forty three rounds he's played analytically are one of the best uh, on data golf. Well, you know, we and should if, know. on tour. We should note that in the match play event, the two best players in the round robin portion were Brian Harmon and Patrick Cantlay. Yep. They so happened to be in the same, in the group. same group. Harmon got out of it in the playoff. So Cantlay did play well at that event, but absolute clunkers at the players in the Masters. Although I will say in that in that last match, who was he playing? Who was Cantlay playing in the third match? Yeah, uh, he actually threw in a clunker. Yeah, in that he could have won that day in advance, uh, and he didn't. And, I can't uh, remember who it was. And though. then obviously uh, at the Masters with. Two bad, terrible rounds. His that uh, first round at the Masters was actually by far his worst round since the beginning of 2019. Yeah, he wasn't even close at the Masters. I mean, you just you knew he didn't have a chance. So I don't know. Great course uh, history, but I I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know. Out of those three, you mentioned DJ um, Morikawa and Cantlay. I I would probably pick Morikawa. Yeah. I mean, he finished I think so eight, too. I 18th last week here. Uh, Seems or like a good course last, for him. It yeah, does. It, he's only played here once. Finished 64th. But like you said, th- this is a, any Pete Dye course. Really, you have to play a few times because because you got to know where to miss it. Yep. It's, it's like Augusta, just on a very smaller and, scale. So. And Pete Dye did consult Jack Nicholas when building this course. So they're, um, you know, the left to right uh, 
little intricacies. Yeah, fade, fade shots, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And exactly. So that helps more combos. Yeah, well. absolutely. Why don't we uh, move on to, let's do our best bets first, and then we'll get on to our one-and-done picks. So I've got, there's actually a lot of really good value, I think, on the board this week. You know, Morikawa's down in the 20-to-1 20, 20 range. Uh, Siwoo, who broke his putter last week, has already won this year and can get hot. He's like 40-to-1. But I went down even lower because I feel like this is a tournament. This golf course, I think, opens itself up to just absolutely anybody winning. We've seen it. C.T. Pan one uh, as a triple digit to one underdog. Satoshi Kodaira came out of nowhere. He was like 500 to one the year that he won. We've seen Davis Love, Jim Furyk, some shorter hitters. So I'm going to go down a little bit further. I've got one guy at 55 to one, and then I've got three guys in the triple digits that I'm just throwing out as lottery tickets in case they get hot. So I've got Chris Kirk at 55 to one. Chris Kirk is playing really good golf and he's doing it quietly. Also, I like that he didn't play last week. Chris Kirk in his last five events, uh, Pebble Beach, he was 16th. Arnold Palmer, he was eighth. 48th at the players 25th at the Honda and then sixth two weeks ago at the Valero Chris Kirk is streaky what do you have Chris Kirk at I've got him at 55 to 1 it, now he's at 7 plus 7,000 70, 70 to 1 really yeah, yeah. okay interesting so he's actually gone the other way so then my other three I've got two guys at 110 to 1 one of them's Doug Gim he could absolutely get hot and win this week. And the other one is a guy who's been playing pretty good golf as well, but he's just a name that never gets mentioned whenever you're previewing a tournament because he's just kind of boring. How about Michael Thompson at 110 to 1? He seems like the guy, uh, kind of guy who could break through for just one of these random wins at some point. And then I'm going to pick a guy at 140 to 1. The only reason I'm throwing him out is because he plays well at windy coastal courses. Uh, Aaron Wise. And again, this is a lottery ticket. Don't put a bunch of money on Aaron Wise. But at 140 to 1 for a guy who seems like the only time he ever makes cuts, he gets into contentions, I'll take a chance on Aaron Wise at 140 to 1 because those odds are just so, so long. Yeah, obviously, I mentioned the Sung JM plus 110 over Will Zalatoris. Uh, I you like got that. Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 3,000, Brian Harmon at plus 3,300. Uh, and so, you know, and then you got guys, uh, if you're wanting to bet on one of the leaders, uh, I would I would lean towards Webb Simpson, uh, even though he's the, you know, second betting favorite. Um, but Webb Simpson, you got huge value, like, um, not value, but he's a... Uh, the heavy favorite compared to DJ uh, when you look at the analytics. Right. And so I would, you know, if when I come to best bets, because like you've mentioned, Colby, there's been, th- this can be a, a crapshoot tournament where someone go out there and just have, have a good week, or you can have someone, and last year was a little different because it was a seven whatever strength of field um, to go against. So you got a lot of great players. One thing I would do this week, guys, instead of trying to find necessary winners because that's your big guys. I kind of like what you did, Sam. Maybe find some matchups head-to-head that you would um, maybe like one player opposed to another. So some of the guys that we listed off, like I would, I think Ian Poulter has a really good week this week. So And Brandon Grace, my two 7,600 guys, I, w- I would kind of lean towards them if you can find them in a matchup. And if you can find someone against this guy, I would find, I would do it. And that's Danny Willett. That's a guy who had been playing a little bit better, missed his last two cuts, and has played this course three times and has missed the cut all three appearances. So if you can find someone versus Danny Willett this week, I would pick them because I think Danny Willett's almost a guaranteed miscut. Yeah, and two more guys that I didn't mention. They just didn't fit into my DraftKings or my one-and-done. Uh, I, I really like Cam Smith 
this week, and I really like uh, Terrell Hatton as well. I yeah, feel I like Hatton, he'll make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think this could be a good a good course for Hatton. And one thing, he didn't really contend last week, yeah. but he had really struggled in major championships. He made the cut last week, and he played pretty decent. So yeah. Finished I, third I think, last year. Yeah, so I, I think Terrell Hatton is a good pick. Let's move on to our one-and-done picks. Uh, and I believe, Sam, you had the best one-and-done performance last week with Spieth and Rom, so we will let you throw yours out first. Well, I, here's what I'm going to do, boys. I'm, I'm between two guys, so I'm going to let uh, Colby here set out some cards. I got Colby, a deck tell of cards. what you're doing. I got a deck of cards right here. So here's what we need to know. We need to know which two players you're between. Okay. You need to assign one player to red. You need to assign one player to black. <laughs> here, cut that deck anywhere right. you want. Cut right, the deck. All right. Cut the deck. Right, this is this where we're right. at. You always try to world, cut. Guys. You always try to cut it right in the middle. So right we've, middle. we've got the card on top here. So tell right. us the two players. Assign one to red and assign one to black. All right, I'm gonna go uh, Webb Simpson black. Okay. And I'm gonna wait. Go, I thought you used Webb at the players. Wait, did I use Webb at the players? I think you used Webb at the well, players. I, th- I, I think I that can't solved lay. our card problem. We picked two players. No, you players. used Cantlay and Webb. Okay. Well, Damn it! I forgot. I <laughs> so, I forgot. I used Webb at the players. Who was the other player? All right, well, I still want to do this, so I'm pulling up another guy. Okay, well, wait, so which, which color were you going to assign to Webb? All right, give Burger. All right, so give give Burger black. Okay, so give Burger black. Yes, okay. and then give I, – remember, I didn't use Burger. You I, did not use Burger, Because yeah. I had to change it to Sun He WD'd, yeah. yeah. You were going to use him at Honda, and he WD'd. All right, and then Fitzpatrick. Here, Fitzpatrick the reason why black? the reason Fitzpatrick's the reason why I want to do this, because I don't like Fitzpatrick, but okay. I feel like I have to pick him this So wait, week. so you said Burger, you said burger was black, right? Yeah, burger is black. Burger is black, black Fitzpatrick's burger. red. We ready? All right. We ready? You cut the deck. Here we go. Burger black, Fitzpatrick red. What is it? It's what red. is it? I'm it's on the red. Deck. It's a red three. Three diamonds. Three, three diamonds. diamonds. So Fitzpatrick's uh, your winner, everybody. Clearly. Fitzpatrick. Matthew this, Fitzpatrick. This is, this is where we're at in today's day and age, guys. We we had two <laughs> options. We knew we couldn't use one. We had to fill <laughs> another one in there just so we could play a gambling game. <laughs> Common sense in 2021 doesn't exist. <laughs> no, no, not even a little bit. So, uh... <laughs> Tyler, you were second last week, even though you had a miscut, but you had speed, so congrats on that. You want to you pick a card, any card? I, I'm set on who I'm taking, guys. I don't need to get th- know who I'm taking, throw a name out, just throw another one in there to to, to, to make gambling fun. Um, but, <laughs> give me, we've already mentioned him in earlier in the show, and I, I mentioned him yesterday after. I just think he's on such a great course, playing such good golf, and he's got one of the best caddies on tour. That's Brian Harmon. I mean, I'm going to read off his finish this year. He's you're, missed- you're not worried about the Masters hangover? No, of course not. No, I'm not worried about that. And, you know, I I look for guys that play good golf. So I don't want guys who aren't playing good golf like you picked, Colby. I want guys who are playing well. It depends. Well. It depends. Maybe, maybe they're in the process of finding form, Taylor. You don't know. <laughs> that is very true. And, you know, like, how, how many tournaments <laughs> in a row did we have where guys missed, like, four cuts in a row and then won? I've, so, been, I've been picking chalk all year, and I'm in dead last in the one and done. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a – I mean, we talk about, of course, it fits Brian Harm perfectly. I mean, finished ninth in 2017, uh, top 30 finishes in 2020, 2018, and 2014. And just reading it off, I mean – Masters hangover, but like we mentioned, there was only three guys that really had a chance to win um, with Hideki going out and going so far. So um, I finished 12th at the Masters, uh, made it to the Elite Eight in the in the match play, finished third at the Players. So, I mean, I was just playing good golf, guys. And, I mean, if at that point, you know, what what can go wrong? And so uh, it's going to have to take some of the putts not falling in. And maybe he, he does have a Masters hangover where he's extremely tired. But like you mentioned earlier in the show, Sam, that little short drive, I think, can help with that Masters hangover a little bit. Well, and also 
one of the best caddies on tour. Keep him focused throughout the week. Shout out Scott Tway. At least five shots around worth. At least five shots around for sure for Scott Tway. So this is the point that I'm at. I think we're officially at the point of the season. We're postmasters. I think we're at the point of the season where, if like me, you're basically at the <laughs> bottom. Draw you're, you're basically at the bottom <laughs> of your one and done pool. I mean, with, there's like 120 guys in this season long pool that Taylor and I are in. I think I'm in like 105th. So I'm officially at the point where I need to start making some contrarian plays because I need to gain ground. I've, I've got to be risky at this point because if I'm not risky, well, what's the point? I'm not going to gain any, gain any ground by going chalk at this point. So whether I draw a red or a black card, it's, it's red. It's the five hearts. I'm picking Chris Kirk this week, boys. I, I just, I'm going out on a limb and I'm hoping that a guy who's been playing some decent golf, you know, he feels like the kind of guy to me that would be a great story. Chris if, if Kirk in the one and done? 100%. Chris Bro, Kirk. We didn't even use the creature last week. Chris, it, hey, it's going to burn you so bad. I, I used JT and Morikawa last week, two of the top four players in the world. And you know what I got? I got my ass kicked. So this <laughs> week I'm running out Chris Kirk. Hey, I, here, I, I'm going to read out Chris Kirk's recent finishes at this tournament. He did not. I don't care about this tournament. Let, let He's playing me, good golf. You said you like guys who are playing good golf. Okay, but here, let's read off some of these finishes. Miscut, 55th, miscut, 23rd, 69th, nice. 23rd, 30th, uh, miscut, miscut. I hear a lot of miscuts and a lot of 60s. I heard you say 23rd. He could better that and, and maybe He's, win. Man, yeah, that 49K I mean, got's going to move you up from 105th. I'm just saying. I mean, the player's when, when championship. The best finish is 23rd. Hey, it's a strategy play. You got to go contrarian. And when he wins the tournament, well, I'm going to sit here on Monday. And, and when Chris Kirk wins this tournament, I'm going to be so obnoxious that y'all are going to have to leave the room. This is, I, if he does win, I'll let you be obnoxious. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, we did see him uh, at the players, and it's a similar little course. It's, uh, he shot a 65 in round two and uh, followed he's, it up with a nice 79 in round four. Nah, I'm just shot different. He's playing better golf than he's played in years. He's, he's on form. He's on form. He's, I mean, this – Wasn't Chris Kirk the one that shanked it? Into the uh, no, that's uh, Brendan Todd. Oh, that was Brendan Todd. Yeah, it was Brendan Todd. It was yeah. Brendan Todd. Both Georgia guys uh, look almost hey, exactly hey, like. Hey. But how about this? Since since the start, since the turn of the calendar year, he's played in what's that? Nine events, only one missed cut, and only one finish outside the top twenty-five in the calendar year. In nine events, only one finish outside the top twenty-five. Uh, I, th- I think you're missing one because he missed I'll the bet cut you, at Waste I'll bet you, I'll, He finished 48th at the players. Yeah, so I'll bet you I a pizza right one. now. Well, okay, so I, I said one missed cut and then only one finish outside the top 25 of, of the other. I'll events. bet you a pizza right now he finishes outside the top 25. Pizza. Pizza Are you bet. in? I'm in. Pizza top, bet. T- top 25. There we go. Top 25. <laughs> you kidding me? Top 25. That's you a probably layup. find some good value in your sports books. That's for a layup. Kiss Kirk, top 25. Extra pepperonis, please. I mean, come on. Come <laughs> Sam, on. Sam, you haven't been very good on your pizza bets, but I think you got this one. Made, I think bro. this one's a How lot. about one more time? I just, uh, so, I just, hey, I love Chris Kirk. Woody was right. He did have to deal with the alcohol issue, so I, yeah. I, I would love for him to win. I just don't see it coming. Yeah. How about this? Not one, this one, week. one more time before we wrap up the show. <laughs> I've got to hear it again. Sam's boy. And we're going to find our best Chris Kirk. <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris. Oh, I would love to see oh, Doug Gim and Chris Kirk battling it out on the back nine playoff. on Sunday. Well, this is what we need. We need Doug Gim and Chris Kirk battling, <laughs> battling it out for T25 on Sunday. That would be electric. For the pizza bet. That's what we need. Oh, man. All right. Well, someone, I think someone's uh, going to make or miss a putt on 18 that means nothing. That's going <laughs> to jump up him out to 26 or 25. Oh, yeah. He's going to gonna... be T26. I'm going to get Sam the smallest pizza you've ever seen. In your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember this tournament last year. We had a, I think it was a surgery. 
you a top 25 bet, and he finished 27th, missed by one stroke. Oh, and I had yeah. To, I owed you Kane's yep, for it. That yep. was right. Yeah, because I was on the uh, the non-Sergio train. I think he got bumped late on he Sunday. He did. He did. He was 23rd, <laughs> then bumped down to 27th by the oh, time it was beautiful. done. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. All right, gentlemen. Masters is over. We're moving on. We've got uh, several more tournaments here. Some good tournaments before we get to the PGA. Uh, Kiowa, obviously, senior PGA coming up at the end of the month of May. GolfOklahoma.org. That's where you can find all of your best content. And I promise, as we get closer to the senior PGA, oh, man, the coverage, you're not going to believe it. GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out. And we'll have that fully covered for you here on the 73rd hole as well. So, gentlemen, getting, another great show. We're getting hooked up. Now that it's after the Masters, we can kind of talk about what we're looking forward to doing in the future a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just going to mention that we'll be at the state championships covering those uh, in May. Five and six. Coming eight. up. Five and six eight state championships up in Tulsa. We'll be up there. Uh, obviously, we'll have a big week uh, before the ma- or before the uh, senior PGA covering the the PGA just from here, but then we'll be out at, a, at I almost said Augusta, out at, out <laughs> at, fun. Yeah, out at Southern Hills. We'll be out there, uh, and, and hopefully we'll get some good interviews, get some good content. Uh, that'll be really fun at the Senior PGA. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of cool stuff uh, that you won't hear anywhere else uh, in the state. Yeah, so. absolutely. Looking forward to that. Got a great, uh, great month on tap in May. We've got a first tee event that we're going to be out, out at Lincoln West, actually, which we talked about earlier. Should be a lot of fun. So a lot of great things coming your way in the month of May. Thanks, everyone, for listening once again. We're back next week here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.